Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Hockey. We had some good stretches. Um, best team in the league. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of good teams in this league, but uh, we're up there. I mean, you get to the to the final three. It's it's not by accident. So we did some good things this year. Does that make the season maybe a little more frustrating? Or it's always frustrating. Feels it always does. It's never fun to be standing up here talking to you guys when you don't win. So uh, yeah, feeling. I gotta talk to Pete and Doug and Hasu and but we'll see. I, I haven't made any decision or you know, I feel like I you know, I can still play, that's for sure, but yeah, I'm a shark and you know there's yeah, there's one team and it's here. I've been treated with nothing but class and respect here and, and uh, you know I've seen uh, the best side of, of of what this organization and this city has and, and I liked everything I've seen. Uh, but again, you know, uh, I got a month now to, uh, you know, kind of regroup and assess everything. And, and again, uh, you know, a lot of things can happen. It's it's a weird business we're in. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time here. And, uh, you know, whatever happens uh, is going to happen for a reason. So I guess that just about brings us up to speed. So happy to be back with you, everyone. Ted Ramey here, your host of Morning Tide. I am absolutely thrilled to be with you for the entirety of the regular season. And, of course, we are looking ahead to what I think will be another deep run into the postseason. It was great being with you through the postseason last year. Of course, the offseason and all the craziness that went down, the signing of Eric Carlson, the goodbye to Joe Pavelski, the welcoming to Jumbo once again, Logan Couture being named the captain. A lot has changed and a lot has stayed the same. And for the San Jose Sharks, we look at another team that is going to be very, very, very good. 
Now, of course, we know there have been other key departures in addition to Joe Pavelski, guys like Gustav Nyquist, and there are many others that we can get into over the course of the preseason. But I think now we look at a San Jose Sharks team that is going to be relying on a lot of its youth to come up and take that next step. This is the next step in the evolution of what we saw the Sharks wanting to do when they brought the Worcester Sharks out here to San Jose to turn them into the Barracuda. It's given... Guys like Doug Wilson, Doug Wilson Jr., more the ability to see this up-and-coming talent. We've seen the integration of these guys into the Sharks' everyday squad. We've seen the opportunity given to guys like Tim Heed, given to guys like Dylan Gambrell, and now we look towards the next generation of guys that will be given this opportunity. But I look at this Sharks team, and I know there are question marks surrounding that forward depth, particularly the fourth line. But this is a team that once again has guys like Evander Kane, Logan Couture, Joe Thornton, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc. You go down the list. This team is lined with high-quality talent and ready to make another deep run. But, of course, we start paying attention to many of the things that did the Sharks in last year, and it comes down to health. Eric Carlson, the big off-season acquisition. He's back here for the long term. You've got him in the prime of his career now. We look at back at last year, and we know that he was not at his best. He was dealing with a groin injury. And he may have been able to work around it in the postseason, but we just got that brief glimpse of how good this Sharks team can be with Eric Carlson at full strength. It was about a six-week period during the middle third of the season, and we all said to ourselves, wow, this team has great ability. And you have blue liners like him and Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic. That gives you such an advantage compared to other teams in the NHL. Like I said, Logan Couture, Evander Kane, that, those are guys that, you know, every other team in the NHL is going to be jealous of the fact that the Sharks have them. And again, the emerging talents of guys like Timo Meyer. He's not even 23 years old yet, and last year he showed himself to be one of the premier modern power forwards in the NHL. This Sharks team is going to be good. But again, we talk about the things that held the Sharks back last year. Joe Thornton, when the season came to an end, when they lost against the Blues, what did he tell us? He said he pulled his groin, um, I believe, in his first shift of that Western Conference Finals series against the Blues. That's one advantage that going to the youth in this season is going to give you. I don't think you're going to see the same injury issues. I think you're going to see a little bit more freshness as the year goes on. And I think that can pay dividends, particularly when you get into the postseason. And I think that you look at guys like Chemilevsky in particular, uh, combined with a Timo Meyer, as well as Kevin LeBanc on a one-year prove-it type deal. I think this is a Sharks team that's going to be different than what we've seen in terms of other recent teams, but it's also going to be very good once again. And even though right now we go into the season not looking at the depth that we've seen in other years, I think that we're also looking at an, an influx, an infusion of young, talented players that's going to give the Sharks a, a new energy and a new vibe that will surprise people. And again, we're not going to see this play out until we actually watch it on the ice as the year progresses and tells its tale in front of us. But if you're not excited for the San Jose Sharks today, I don't know what is going to get you excited because we know this team year after year after year makes these deep runs into the playoffs. And yes, they have not lifted the cup as of yet, but they have the opportunity. And when you do have that opportunity, that's where it starts, right? I mean, that's where you begin. You have to get into the playoffs if you want to make that deep run. You want to have the right team design. And I think the Sharks have that. They have the offense. They have the defense. 
I think they'll gamble probably a little bit less this year and not leave Martin Jones out to dry as we saw several times last year, but that's okay. You cannot expect to replicate one year's team in the next year. You can't say this is what we did last year, so therefore that should be our reality of what we are this year. Teams adapt, teams change, everything is constantly in a process of evolution, and I think that's where the Sharks enter the 2019-2020 season. And it's not like the rest of the NHL isn't changing as well. I know everybody's going to be talking about the Blues as the defending champions, but I look at teams like Colorado. If you're not scared of them going forward, you're crazy. That's an unbelievably talented team. If you think that Calgary can't replicate what they did last year, you're only kidding yourself. If you don't think Vancouver doesn't think they have something that they can build upon. We're just talking about the Sharks division in particular, as well as the Western Conference as a whole in Colorado, including them as well, and several other teams. There is so much young talent in the NHL. There is so much young talent in the Pacific Division, the Western Conference overall. The Sharks have to be better than they were last year. They have to be healthier. They have to be more consistent. And we all know this just as well as they know it. And I know you might be asking yourself, Ted, this team no longer has Joe Pavelski. That is a big impact, and you're telling me that they have to be better. And I I realize that I'm telling you they have to be better, but again, we look to that young talent. Just because Joe Pavelski's talent is no longer with us, that doesn't mean that you can't expect more offense from the blue line, particularly Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. The onus is going to be on them to make things happen. We're also going to be talking about Logan Couture. Now that he's the captain, there's going to be more of an onus on him. We all know what Logan Couture is during the postseason. We want more of that during the regular season. In the postseason, when the best of the best are going at it, Logan Couture is right next to Alex Ovechkin when it comes to the most productive players in the NHL. I know it's postseason, it's not the same as regular season, but I think we can expect a slight uptick in performance from him. It's the prime of his career. Also, I look at Tomas Hurdle, I look at Timo Meyer. I think those guys can still continue to get better. And I know that maybe seems a little bit high in expectation, that seems like I'm putting a lot of pressure on those guys, but they're still getting better. I watched them get better as last year continued. I watched them find new aspects of their game, and I think that's going to continue because Pete DeBoer and his staff do not just do the positive of putting guys in the position to succeed. They do that clearly, but they also find ways to get guys to play the best hockey of their career, which I think is what we saw for that six-week period with Eric Carlson, which I think is what we saw out of a 40-year-old now Joe Thornton. I think we see it in Logan Couture. I think we saw it in the playoffs from Martin Jones. This is why Pete DeBoer came in here and his first year was able to get the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final. It's why he's seen them every year make deep runs in to the playoffs. It's why two of the years he's been the head coach here, he's had them in the Western Conference final. That doesn't happen by accident. His Coaching acumen combined with Doug Wilson's ability to develop talent and put these guys in the right position inside the Sharks organization, that has led us to where we are today, to where the expectations around here, even if nobody wants to say it in as many words, is that it's cup or bust. And I know that there is always going to be the relative frustration of not having yet hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup, but I'm sorry, that's a good frustration to have. I'll take that any day of the week over those teams that do not get into the playoffs and make these deep runs year after year after year year. I've been a fan of sports teams where the expectations are not as high 
And yes, you don't have to deal with the painful losses the same amount like you might have had to deal with in the Sharks in recent memory in a Stanley Cup final, in a Western Conference final, but it's much different than being apathetic about the team's performance. I'll take the painful losses any day of the week because what brings you to those painful losses is often a great deal of joy. The miracle comeback against the Las Vegas Golden Knights, I would not trade that for anything. The Game 7 victory over the Colorado Avalanche, I wouldn't trade that for anything. These are memories that you will never forget. And yes, of course, we want these memories to culminate in Jumbo hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup. But even if that hasn't happened yet, it still does not diminish what we've been able to witness as a fan base. My take, and in a little bit, you're going to hear me talk to head coach Pete DeBoer and captain Logan Couture. My take is that last year was a successful season that it's ridiculous to think that only one team can declare themselves as having had a successful season because they raised Lord Stanley's Cup. The Sharks had a successful season last year. It didn't end the way that we and they all wanted it to, but it was still a great year. It still brought Eric Carlson to this franchise. It still saw Joe Thornton continue to climb up all these all-time lists. It still saw Logan Couture have an incredible season and an incredible postseason. It saw the development of Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, the rise of Martin Jones in the playoffs. Everything that got us through last year, where we are today, was an emotional ride that I wouldn't change for anything. And I know the quick comeback to that is, well, Ted, you'd trade it for a cup, but that's not the way it went down. I can't just say, yeah, I'd trade all those memories. I'd trade all those expectations for something that was different than what I actually experienced because that almost cheapens it. Everybody would just trade the bad times for the good times, but that's sycophantic to a level beyond homerism that I think we can even agree upon. I mean, that means that you trade the reality that brought you to this point for something that didn't exist. And I like to delve into the reality. I like to exist in having memories that I can go back to. And I think that's what's going to make it all the more sweet when the Sharks do finally lift Lord Stanley's Cup. But without further ado, let's get into some interviews I was able to do in the last week. Here's the head coach of the Sharks, Pete DeBoer. All right, we now have joining us on Morning Tide. It's the one and only Pete DeBoer, of course, the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. Coach, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm great. Nice to be back. It's uh, always a long summer when you you don't get where you want to go. We had a good run, but it yeah. uh, came up a little short. And uh, uh, I think that uh, there's a lot of excitement here with uh, the guys coming back, coaching staff back in town and, yeah. and camp on the horizon. You kind of pushed me right into one of the questions I wanted to ask. And feel free to call me out for being naive. And, you know, I was looking at it. It's to me it's unfair that in hockey only one team can be truly deemed successful by raising the cup. But at the same time, you know, you guys made an incredible run last year. You had to deal with injuries. You know, you made it to the Western conference finals. Is that naive of me to view it that way as still a successful season, or can you still view it as a success, even if the ultimate goal wasn't achieved? You know what? It's, it's a great question and it's probably, there's a few parts to it. I think when you initially lose, uh, you know, it, it feels like a failure. You're, you're all, all in on trying to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And when you come up short, the immediate reaction is, is you feel like you failed in your mission, obviously. And then as the summer goes on and you reflect on the, on the group and, and some of the special things they did and some of the adversity they overcame, I think you start to get a realization that, uh, 
that the group really emptied the tank and gave you everything yeah. they had and, and it just wasn't good enough and and we ran into some some circumstances with injuries mm -hmm. and and ran out of gas a little after going seven games the first two rounds and some of the emotion that that uh, that toll that that took out of us uh so i think as the summer's moved on i've gotten closer to camp i have more of an appreciation for for how hard the guys worked and what they gave us last year yeah it was a, it was a fantastic run um you know it was unfortunate to see it come to a close is there any solace in losing to the eventual champions do you say okay there was one team better than us it wasn't like it was somebody else at least you went up against the the champions yeah you know what it, for sure that plays a piece I, I i think that does you know what it does is it reinforces how close we were mm -hmm. you know that that we are right there and we were right there and and uh and that uh, we want to be right there again this year and hopefully we're, we're the team that comes out the other end of it definitely um off-season is always a good time for, uh, I imagine you, you get to take some way, time away from the ice, but this was an off-season for the front office full of huge decisions. Did that make your off-season any less, I don't know, want to say less enjoyable, but was it filled with more stress? Was it more back in the back of your mind than it has been at other seasons? Absolutely. I think the, 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 the salary cap obviously uh, puts teams in positions where they have to make really tough decisions, and I don't think... Uh, any team has had to make tougher decisions than we had to make this summer, you know, mm -hmm. particularly with Joe Pavelski and what he's meant to this franchise and how he's come up and uh, the leadership he's provided. Um, so that was really tough. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's something that we're going to not know the full effect of that until we get this year's group yeah. together and, and see if we can fill that leadership void and, mm -hmm. and try and fill the goal scoring void that uh, that he's left. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it was tough. Uh, and, you know, I, I was kind of prepared for it because I knew uh, there was going to be some tough decisions that were going to have to be made. And But, you know, until you actually see him wearing a Dallas jersey, you don't you know, it doesn't really yeah. sink in. So, you know, but it sunk in and and we've got to move forward with our group now. I guess the parallel would be to the departure of Patty Marlowe a couple of years ago when you then had to put the onus on some other guys. And now we've seen a couple of years later, uh, you know, Tomas Hurdle in particular, we've watched his growth, Timo Meyer, more on them in a second. But now that there is more um, opportunity for young guys to flourish, do you view it as an opportunity, opportunity in the immediate future for other guys? Oh, absolutely. You know, when you, when you look at Pav's minutes, uh, he played every situation. Uh, you know, power play, penalty kill, five on five, you know, out at the end of games, up or down. So there's a lot of uh, opportunity there that uh, somebody's going to have to grab or, yeah. or, or multiple people. He'll probably be more by committee. And, you know, we've got a lot of young guys that uh, Doug and uh, the scouts are excited about. Uh, mm -hmm. We had some guys that had some good seasons in the American League last year and Gambrell and True and yeah. Middle Middleton and, and some guys. So uh, I think we're excited about it. You don't replace Joe Pavelski, but, uh, you know, there's going to be some opportunity there for some guys to definitely uh, grab some of, some of the minutes he played for us. Now back to uh, Hurdle and Meyer in particular. Those are two guys coming off remarkable seasons last year. Um, you know, just watching their growth has been phenomenal. What's the what's the ceiling for these two guys? I mean, I know there's continued expectation, but I mean, I just I watch both those guys, and I feel like they, as good as they were last year, there is still room for their games to grow. Yeah, I, I don't think they've they've maxed out, uh, but we also have to be you have to temper your expectations. I mean, 30 goals in the NHL, which which they both got last year, is a big big number. Yeah, and. 
Um, you know, when you look at, at the history of goal scorers, there's very few guys that do that every single year. So, you know, I'm hopeful that they can get that plus some. You know, mm -hmm. we, we all feel that uh, they have a, they can add another layer to their game. Um, but for me, you know, uh, they had exceptional seasons last year, and that's not always easy to reproduce, at least numbers-wise. So mm -hmm. for me, it's more... Uh, what's their whole game going to look like? What can they add to their, their game to help us win games this year? And we're going to have to win maybe differently. Last year we outscored a lot of teams, and, and this year it might look a little different. Talking about the team design, you were always very publicly supportive last year of Martin Jones when he was having an up-and-down year. Uh, you never wavered. The team never wavered around him. He responded in the postseason by stepping up big time. He was phenomenal. How much of that was you knowing you had to kind of coach him up or were you pretty confident that when push came to shove, he was going to respond? I think I think our whole group knew he would respond uh, when his back was against the wall. He, he's that kind of guy. We, you know, we've been through a lot of wars and battles with, mm -hmm. with Jonesy. He's won a lot of big games for us in, in my four years here, uh, including you know taking us to the first ever Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh. So, you know, we knew his game was there, and and you know, for us, really. Uh, there was no talk at all about about him or his game or where it was at. It was more what is a team we could do around him to help him. You know, I, mm -hmm. I felt like last year uh, a big product of, of his numbers was was how we played around him. You know, we were we we played a little bit too loose, a little bit uh, too open. We we gave the other team uh, you know a lot of quality looks that we typically hadn't given up before and. And, uh, you know, he faced, uh, you know, a different game and a team in front of him than he had in the past. So, yeah. um, you know, our, our, all our, our whole group, our leadership and our coaches all, all were really concentrating last year on what we could do to help him set the table to have some success. And, and I think, uh, you know, he did respond the way we, we knew he would. Bob Bugner's back. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who is... I mean, it immediately was celebrated by the media, celebrated by players. You've got a staff that's kind of populated by people that are well-liked by the media, well-liked by the general public. Is that by design or is that just the people that you tend to associate yourself with? Yeah, you know, I, I put a lot of time into picking a staff. Mm -hmm. and, and I think every team is unique uh, in, in what you want uh, in your staff members, the personalities and the characteristics. And I think our group is a personable group. You've got a lot of big personalities in, in Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Joe Thornton and uh, you know, Tommy Hurdle on and on, Logan Couture. So, you know, I, I, we want those type of people. Uh, those are the type of people I think our group uh, responds to. And yeah. the fact Boogie became available uh, and now has head coaching experience in the NHL, has a relationship from being here uh, with all our key guys. Yeah. It was a, really a no-brainer uh, for us. And just fortunate that he was available. Uh, unfortunate for him he was, but I think if you ask him, you know, if he couldn't be a head coach in the league, this is where he wanted to be. Awesome. Yeah, I can't blame him. Uh, that seems to be uh, the term people call this area the, uh, the Bermuda Triangle of the NHL because once yeah. people come in, they never get out. But <laughs> obviously, Coach, you got some stuff to do, so I'll let you go. But thank you so much. Really looking forward to the upcoming season. Yeah, thank you. It was great. I'll tell you that one of the things that I was looking for when I was interviewing Pete DeBoer and Logan Couture, two guys that are key to the leadership structure of the San Jose Sharks, and even though – when I interviewed Logan, he had not yet been named the captain of the team. I had a pretty good idea that that's where it was trending. I wanted to see if with DeBoer or with Couture, there was a hangover from last year, if there was a missed opportunity feeling. And though I don't think either of those guys 
had completely gotten over it in the sense that they, it stings. You, you can't get over it that quickly. You make it to the Western Conference Final and your team is beset by injury and you have this very talented core of players and there's going to be change. That stings. It would be crazy if it didn't sting. It would be crazy if, you, crazy if you didn't think it still bothered them just a number of months later. That's why these guys are as good as they are. They don't get over it that quickly. It bothers them. It compels them to be better. But the hangover wasn't there. These guys had all turned the page to the next challenge in front of them. And again, that doesn't mean that they didn't still sting. That doesn't mean that they didn't think that it was still a missed opportunity or that they were going to quote-unquote be over it ever. I don't know that these guys ever get over the losses. I think the wins are great, but the losses are what haunt them forever. I guarantee that's what we do as a human species. We focus on the negative. Logan Couture doesn't care about how good he is during the postseason. He doesn't care about the great games he's had. doesn't care about the great things he's accomplished. He focuses on what he hasn't done. I think Pete DeBoer probably does the same. I think Eric Carlson does the same. Joe Thornton, you go down the list. These guys have a goal. That is to win a championship, and they have not yet done it. But, again, the hangover idea. I don't think they're still lost in last year. I don't think they're still stuck up hung up, however you want to phrase it, I think they've gotten over that aspect. And that was something that I was really curious to see. I wanted to know how they responded to questions about last year, to questions about whether or not there was success without the ultimate goal being achieved. And I think that they gave me some really interesting answers and some good things to think about. And, you know, Pete DeBoer talked about this year's team looking a little bit different, which I agree, it is going to look a little bit different. And he also got into the ideas of, you know, how they got Martin Jones to respond and what were some of the factors that led into him having an up and down regular season last year and what the departure of Joe Pavelski means and what they can expect this year. I mean, these are things that I wanted to get into. And I, of course, wanted to be respectful and I didn't want to go in there and trying to be inflammatory and get big answers out of them. But both DeBoer and Couture, as you'll hear in a moment, were both very forthcoming in their answers and very honest and very much aware of the opportunities they are being presented with and understanding that the Sharks are still in the midst of a window that can allow them to make these deep runs and vie for a championship. And I think that that's the important thing is that even though the team has changed, even though Joe Pavelski is gone, this team is looking to evolve and adapt and put themselves in a situation to, again, vie for a championship when all is said and done. And I was very pleased with the answers I got out of DeBoer, and I was very pleased with the answers I got out of my questions with Logan Couture. And, you know, a lot of times people, I think they miss, maybe not misunderstand, but mischaracterize Logan Couture. And I've been able to do some events with him and been around him enough time away from the cameras to really appreciate just what he is. And, you know, he is a lead by example type guy. And I just have always been a huge fan, but He's got a great personality. I think that he's always a little bit deadpan in front of the cameras and doesn't want to get too emotional, but the way that he's wired, the way that he's constructed, the way that he goes about his takes on sports and his own career and his teammates, I just, I, it's such a great opportunity for Logan and I couldn't be happier for the guy to be named the captain and seeing him with the C on his sweater is just a great it's one of those things that makes your heart swell with pride as a Sharks fan because he has earned it I mean this is a guy who since he joined the club has come in and played with his heart on his sleeve and he has given you everything 
And I think that's what we've seen from the previous captains of the San Jose Sharks. And Logan Couture will continue that trend. He gives you everything. And when you talk about Logan Couture, everyone, the first thing they say about him, he hates to lose. And he is just such a fierce and fiery competitor. We saw that during the the postseason last year, and we saw, see it every game from him. It's not listen. We we want to focus about the fact that he is right there with Alex Ovechkin in the postseason play in recent history, but it's just game in game out. The guy gives it his all. He leaves it all on the ice. He is a pillar in his community, whether it's in his hometown or whether it's here in San Jose. He is everything you want a captain to be, and you're not always that lucky. I mean, sometimes you get the guy who is, again, that great player, but they're not always comfortable um, when they're dealing with the media. Logan is comfortable. He's just not the most emotive guy in front of the cameras. I thought about bringing a camera in for my interview with Logan, but I said to myself, you know what? I know how he is in front of cameras. I know there's always a little bit difference with athletes when they have eyes on them when they're giving an answer. So I said, you know what? No cameras. Let's just see if you can sit down and get the real Logan Couture, the one that you've been able to interact with on several occasions. And I think that's exactly what I got. And I think you all are going to be very pleased with this interview with the captain. All right. We now have joining us on Morning Tide, the one and only Logan Couture. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Are you uh, rested, ready, feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Nice, man. I, uh, I got to start off with a uh, with a painful memory to bring something up to you uh, right off the bat, but I thought because it was the best quote of sports the last year was when you were asked after you took a puck to the groin, you very deadpan said, I thought I lost my testicle, which yeah. it took everybody a second to realize they could laugh at that. Um, did, did you recognize that was going to be a quote that was remembered by people? Uh, I mean, he asked me a question. I think it was Kevin Kurz asked me a question, and I gave him a dead honest answer. Yeah. I, I really, I mean, at the time when I got hit, <clears throat> I didn't know. I had to, I, I came off, I puked right away, and um, I had to, to reach down and, and make sure that they were both there. And um, Thankfully, I've still got both of them. That's good. I'm, I'm happy yeah, to hear that. So am I. <laughs> it's funny, man. Like, I, I think, like, people kind of... Um, they view you oftentimes in just the the hockey sense because I've seen you do interviews before Barstool. You've done stuff, interacted with them on Twitter. You've had good one-liners on Twitter. And people always seem surprised that you have a sense of humor, that you are more um, open in your personal life than you are like the, the hockey existence of you. Do you ever find that strange that people think that you're, I don't know, more even-keeled than maybe you actually are? Uh, no, I don't really know what people, uh, people think of me. I mean, I'm sure there's people that... Uh that have opinions uh, about me, but uh, to me, that doesn't really matter. Um, I'm going to be who I am yeah. uh, every day, whether it's here around my teammates. Um, I may be a little different in front of the camera uh, <laughs> just to uh, to not show uh, a ton of emotion. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I want to I want to be honest when when I'm being interviewed. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm just going to be who I'm going to be. Yeah, I I say that because somebody had asked me. They said, "Who on the Sharks do you think could do well in the uh, media reporter realm post career?" Sure. And I said, "Oh, Logan." And they they were surprised by that, yeah. and I, I it just struck me as odd because I guess I've seen you enough times away from the ice, away of the actual uh, media lens, more in terms of like you know you posting something funny on Twitter sure. in that regard, or having more of a uh, like you said, you're a little bit different in front of the camera and such. Um, I mean. Do you ever think about stuff like that? Do you ever look at like Jeremy Roenick and wonder how he got into that specifically? Or do you just, you always think about the hockey here and now and worry about the post-career stuff later? Yeah, no, I'm focused on being a hockey player <laughs> right now. And, um, 
you know, for me, when it comes to, to social media stuff, I'm usually uh, posting about sports. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a, as big of a sports fan as they, they come spread out across, you know, every sport. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I watch the Bills, I watch the Jays, I watch the Raptors, and, um, you know, it's usually what I post about. Fun moment. Nice, nice. Well, while, while you talk about the loss to the Blues, I just talked to, to Pete about this, mm-hmm. um, and I asked him, you could tell me if I was naive or not, and I'll ask you to do the same. You know, in hockey, only one team can be deemed successful because they're the team that raises the cup. But in my point of view, you guys had an incredible run last year. You had to deal with injuries. You still make it to the Western Conference Finals. In my eyes, it's still a successful season. And that's where I come to you. Is that a naive viewpoint for me? Uh, that's a very, very difficult question to answer. <laughs> um, I, I believe, like you do, that when you make it to a final final four, a finals, it it's successful. Um, you exceed i think expectations um you know it's so difficult to win in this league and there's only one champion obviously and um to get to that point you've got to be better than than 26 other teams Mm -hmm. uh you know there's there's no easy team to beat in in this league so uh it's a feat to to get to the final four or the finals and uh, to come up six wins short is 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 very uh, devastating but uh, at the same time you you still have to be proud of of what we did last year was there any solace in the fact that you lost to the eventual champions uh no i think i think that adds actually a little little sting to it um you know especially when you when you have the team you're up to one against them and um you know we felt like uh like we we had an opportunity to to put them in a hole in game two and then um, you know, game four, we could have uh, really put them in a deep hole and we, we missed those opportunities. So it hurts. Yeah. And how long does it take you to move on for that? Um, you know, losses, when you get that far in the conference finals or the finals, I think that's the fourth for me now because I lost to the Hawks my first year, the Canucks second year, and then the Penguins and then the Blues. Um, yeah, I don't think you ever forget them. At least I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I relive... Those series, uh, the one the Hawks in, in ten, 2010 and then Canucks in 2011, many times uh, over different yeah. games, different situations. So, don't know if I ever will. Um, I, I think I will if we, uh, we we win a championship, win a Stanley Cup. That's the only time I'll, I'll finally move past them. Everybody talks about you in particular, about how much you hate to lose. Mm-hmm. And this was something that was brought up a lot last year when it seemed like Finally, everybody was realizing just how good your postseason numbers were, mm-hmm. second only to Ovechkin over, I think, the last five um, you know, Stanley Cup playoff periods. Does that mean anything to you? Do you care about the, the, what you've been able to do in the postseason, or are you just saying, like, hey, we, I, you know, I haven't won, I haven't lifted the cup? Yeah, I haven't, and, and you know, Ovi has. And, and uh, you know, you always want to do, do well to help your team and do whatever you can to, to help the team. Uh, at the end of the day, your goal is to, to win a Stanley Cup, and, um, it is a team sport, uh, so individually you can you can play well, but there's still still other things that that you know I feel like I could have done last year in mm-hmm. the playoffs to, to help us win games. There's there's different times in in some of those games against the Blues where I could have scored or or uh, defended better and um, help us win that series. A lot of changes here over the off season. Uh, Carlson comes back, Pavelski moves on. It's a business decision. It's always hard for people to kind of reconcile that, but that's a huge part of this. Um, I remember on social media, you put out a very thoughtful post and pictures of you and Pavs. Um, what does that mean to you to see him go now and you'll have to play against him in Dallas? Yeah, it, uh, <clears throat> it's difficult. It's the hardest part of this, uh, this business. Um, you know, we get to play, play a game for a living. 
but there is a, a person side to to us and mm-hmm. you build relationships uh you know you, you see the these people for you know every day for for 10 years with pavs and uh you know you know his, his his family his wife and his son and you're just gonna miss him um you know take away hockey from all this you're just gonna miss seeing the guy every every day you go from from seeing him every day to you know maybe three days during 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 a year so yeah uh that that sucks um but i, I talked to pavs throughout the whole process and uh he was very good with it and kind of kept uh, a lot of us updated on, mm-hmm. on what was going on and we knew uh we knew uh what he was thinking so i respect pavs uh so much he he was great um to me he'll always be a shark uh he he took us uh to some good places here when uh when he was here and that's unfortunate we couldn't win with him it's comparable to me to the situation with patty marlowe when he leaves i mean does that is that a good comparison for us to look at this and then also with that big time departure from the organization the onus goes on not just to yourself but some of the younger players i mean we've watched the development of Hurdle and Meyer last year and LeBanc. Those are three players. A lot of people look for those trends to continue. There's, of course, yourself. Jumbo's back. We've got Vander Kane. I mean, there are offensive weapons here, but also now there's, you know, that's 40 goals that, you know, you're looking to make up. Sure, yeah. I think uh, with Patty leaving, it was similar. Um, but it, it opens up spots for players that uh, that we've scouted and drafted and signed, um, European players. Doug has has done a tremendous job bringing in guys. Um, you know we don't get high draft picks here in San Jose, yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, part of uh, just being in the playoffs every year. And uh, you know the last high pick we had was Timo, and he's turned into a, a very good player. So uh, the scouting department has done a great job bringing in guys from Europe that that have been become NHL players and and filled voids that have been left by by Patty and. And now um, Pavs uh, leaves another spot open. So I'm looking forward to this training camp here uh, to see which guys are going to step up and uh, take those roles. Is there an area of your game that you try to work on from one season to the next? I mean, I don't have the same eye as you. I don't look at you and see a quote-unquote glaring weakness, but you have a much more critical eye for yourself, I'm gathering, than I do for you. So is there something that – and you don't even have to say what it Mm -hmm. is, but is there something that you come in where you're saying this is an area I'd like to improve on? Uh, this summer there wasn't um, anything in particular. Last summer I had the coaching staff send me a bunch of video to uh, to go over just some play in in the offensive zone and, and faceoffs and and stuff like that. Um, that I, I watched a lot of video of and uh, thought I I did a a little bit better of a job with it last year. It's something I I want to continue to focus on. But uh, I, I I trained the same, mm-hmm. um, kept the same skating schedule as last summer. It's it's difficult when you end in in May and June, and um, your summer your summer's very short. So, got my rest and um, feel energized, ready to go again. So is that is the rest is some golf, some beers and barbecue with friends. What does Logan Couture do to unwind? Yeah, so the season ended, and um, I'm kind of like Jumbo and uh, the way where I can't really get away from from doing something um you know we, we had a, a team kind of celebration at the end of the year and then a lot of guys go their their separate ways I, I stayed in San Jose for a few weeks and I started training here about six days after the season ended and just just some you know small stuff to yeah to get going and um then I went home and uh you know I was in the gym four time four days a week um but when I away from hockey I, I play a little bit of golf I hang yeah. out with my buddies um I read a bunch, sit by my pool. Uh, I went to Czech Republic this summer for oh, nice. Tommy Hurdle's wedding and then uh, Rome for a couple of days after. 
Um, and then uh, a few charity events in my hometown and I'm back. Awesome, man. Well, uh, it's good to see you. I know everybody's excited. Thank you so much for your time and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Cool. Thank you. So yeah, Logan Couture did not disappoint a very thoughtful and solid conversation with him talking about the postseason, his own exploits, the departure of Pavelski, his offseason, his own expectations. And I think that, you know, again, there are many good choices the San Jose Sharks could have made in terms of who was going to be the captain for this squad. But Logan Couture is a fantastic choice and he is the right choice. And I think that we're going to see a fantastic season out of him. I would not be surprised if he has the best year of his career uh, now with the C on his sweater and just happy for the guy. I mean, he's one of those guys that's infectious. You love to watch the way he celebrates goals. You love to watch the way he plays with such great intensity, how much it means to him, how much the San Jose Sharks mean to him. And I, I, I just can't get enough of it. I want to see that intensity from him again. I want to see that out there on the ice. And we're getting close to it. I mean, we have got preseason hockey coming up on Tuesday. That's going to be at home against Anaheim. Then we're going to have Calgary, couple days off, Vegas, then again, Anaheim, Calgary again, Vegas again. Then we'll get going with the regular season, and I'm just stoked. I mean, I just want it to happen again. I want us to be back and watching Sharks hockey and seeing this, you know, game in, game out, watching the team develop, and just knowing that we're going to see game one to game 82, then we assume the postseason. I mean, we are on the cusp of watching another great story being told in front of us. And it's a new team. It's going to be changed. It's not going to be the same as it was last year. But this, again, is all part of the fun of being a fan. And the journey is about to begin. So I am so happy to be with you again. I know that's how I started off. But really, I enjoyed the hell out of this last year during the postseason. And the fact that we get to do this again during the regular season this year and do it into the postseason I, again, I couldn't be happier uh, being able to get in touch with the fan base, being able to talk with those of you who have such a joy and passion for the Sharks and being able to give you content that you are after. Uh, it means a lot to me, and I'm glad that this is something that you can make as part of your uh, as part of your fandom for the San Jose Sharks. So with that said, a big thanks to Pete DeBoer and Logan Couture. Fantastic interviews. I Again, I just thank them for being so open and upfront and friendly and volunteering some time for um, myself and all of you as well. Um, and we're just looking forward to getting more great stuff to you over the course of this season. And we'll talk to you again next Monday for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off.